Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Remember to subscribe to our free podcast so you won't miss any of our illuminating content. Here is episode 216. Simply by connecting kids around the world at a very young age, and ideally start connecting kids over really simple things, right? Like pizza or soccer. And all of a sudden with that common connection, it opens a world of communication and collaboration for them. Benjamin Franklin once said, do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. are ready to set your mind on fire and prepare yourself for the luminous mind with your host Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Evan Schwartz. Evan is the CEO and founder of Beluga, a web-based platform connecting classrooms throughout the world. The company's mission is to build a global ecosystem of students and teachers and instill emotional equality in each user by identifying similarities and embracing differences through everyday communication and collaboration. Evan is a serial startup exec with 10 plus years experience overseeing markets, business development and operations with marketplace focused companies. He has extensive experience working with Gen Y and Gen Z demographics and has looked to connect with these audiences and business strategies focusing on social impact. He believes a simple connection can make a tremendous difference in understanding and accepting other cultures around the world. Welcome, Evan. Hey, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to hear more about Beluga. We kind of talked about it a little bit with um, Matt Murray, but I'm hoping you'll really fill us in on how your platform works and how you're helping others. But before we get into any of that, can you please tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my background is really in the startup sector. Kind of think of myself as a a startup guy through and through. I started my first company basically right out of college and it just so happened to fall in line with the recession back in 2007 too. So it's kind of a, you know, ideal time, quote unquote. But really, I personally always looked at it as an opportunity more than a negative and a barrier. And really from the get-go, always thought of the entire startup space as the worst case scenario, right, is failure. And more than anything, just getting that type of experience to me was more valuable than anything possible. So I've always kind of flocked towards this uh, roller coaster of a ride that, you know, we do call the startup scene. But really, you know, moving into Beluga and where we're at today, my career really took a turn about five years ago when I was running a marketing agency here in New York and really started focusing on, well, how do I make a bigger difference, right? Not necessarily just looking at the bottom line. And at the time, really started getting introduced to, you know, people, planet and profit and kind of that triple bottom line of social impact. Well, and that's a really big deal for Gen Y and Gen Z demographics, right? I mean, I heard that recently that they really are excited to to make that social impact. Is that true? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know what it is these days? And it's kind of that that Instagram era, right, where everyone's living for experiences over items. And I think, you know, you kind of look back a few decades ago where big cars, big houses, big stereos, even that's such an outdated word these days. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it doesn't exist anymore. Right. People are always trying to, you know, live in the moment, I believe, um, and capture it sometimes for the positive, sometimes for the negative. Uh, But really, you know, looking for these experiences and how do you present something unique to that Gen Y and Gen Z? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm really excited to hear kind of the inspiration behind this particular web based platform that you have, which is Beluga, and find out, you know, how you moved into kind of the education realm and how that all fit. I mean, why did you decide to create it? Yeah, it's funny to say, but I was never really a good student. My head was always in the clouds and, you know, just thinking outside the box a little bit, right? Questioning and trying to understand the educational system, even as a kid. And really just moving into education these days, I came from a background, as mentioned, uh, you know, really in the social impact, technology and marketing sector. My mom, even still to this day, is a teacher. So I always kind of had that growing up and understanding that the work really never stops after that final bell rings. But about two years ago, you know, there was that kind of aha light bulb moment in the middle of the, in the middle of the night, excuse me, when just looking around the world and saying, you know, these headlines that we see on a day to day basis, it's not sustainable. 
right? And how are we presenting this world for the next generation coming up? Uh, and at the same time, one of my friends overseas shot me a message and said, you know, what's going on in the States, right? He read all these crazy headlines about the election and politics and gun violence. And it was along the same time as the attacks in Paris happened. And it just kind of caught me off guard personally. And hearing from this guy, who is a young professional, well-connected, well-educated, and not understanding what was going on in another country around the world was kind of shocking to me, to be honest. And it might just be kind of, uh, you know, this Western type of uh, mentality, but not really connecting the dots along the way, you know, kind of left me puzzled. So I kind of took a step back and started thinking about this a little bit and understanding, well, you know, this one guy, my friend, had a direct connection to me. And it's a term that our team uses all the time now, which is emotional equity, right? So having this direct personal investment in another person, religion, race, ideology, and culture, and automatically feeling connected, right? And with that simple connection, it opens a world of a difference. So instead of creating this giant solution, right, for the public, our team over here said, well, let's put this into education, right? And simply by connecting kids around the world at a very young age, how do we push all this other stuff by the wayside, right, that we hear on a day-to-day basis and ideally start connecting kids over really simple things, right, like pizza or soccer or movies and sports and things along those lines. And all of a sudden, with that common connection, it opens a world of communication and collaboration for them. Yeah. Well, and I think the Gen Y and Gen Z demographic, I may slip in Gen X there because that's what I am. So it just rolls off my tongue. But anyway, those type of, I mean, we talked about how they are really wanting experiences um, mixed with this idea of like, you know, your friend that's overseas, um, all of a sudden you're, you're getting this connection. And, and sometimes like when we, we get like really focused on us as Americans and what's all going on here. But I think, you know, I love the last little part of your um, bio that we read that you're you know, you're going to make those simple connections to make a tremendous difference in understanding accepting other cultures around the world and I know like every time I can make that connection to other cultures all of a sudden everything that was going on here in a, in America sometimes uh, seems almost silly does that make sense like like you see more of a global idea of what the world is and we get a little wrapped up in ourselves. Does that oh, make there's sense? No doubt about it. Absolutely. And you know what I think it relates back to also, it relates back to sustainability, right? So we're looking at the problems on a day to day and we definitely get wrapped up, but also starting to connect and understand how other regions are tackling these everyday problems too, gives us some ideas on how to really bring that back to our own culture. Yeah. And be innovative and all of those types of things too, for absolutely. sure. So that's awesome. Well, I'd love to hear more about your company's mission. You know, we read in your bio, what does it mean really to to build a global uh, ecosystem of students and teachers and instill that emotional equality? I guess emotional equality is kind of where I'm mostly the most curious. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, so from our side, we really started the concept of Beluga on three different pillars, right? So the first was the old school, simple approach of pen pals. Right. It's been around for years and years and years of just writing letters to kids around the world that are the same age. And then on the back end of it, getting something really cool and unique. Right. But to us, it wasn't this method of communication that, again, I'll use the word sustainability, but really wasn't sustainable to really you know, foster education. So we took that type of communication and then brought it up to speed with two other aspects, which was technology. Right. So how do we implement different platforms and lifestyles that students are having on a day-to-day basis with common social media, right? Things like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and really start, you know, pushing students in the route that they're comfortable with, right? Instead of taking them out of that comfortable element. And then also for obviously the educational sake, how do we start tying curriculum into this and making it not just a communication platform, but a tool that teachers can use on a day-to-day basis to really spark creativity and curiosity amongst their own students. So those were kind of the three different pillars that we really leaned on and spoke with teachers really from all around the world when we first started to understand, you know, really the landscape of global education and if this was something people were interested in. And really going to that emotional equality and really emotional equity on our side, similar to that experience, you know, that I had with my friend overseas is he was connected, right? We had a great friendship for years and years And through that, he now felt invested in the U.S., right? He's based in Australia, but across the world and similar on my side, if something happened in Australia, 
for the better or for worse, I would be invested in it, right? I would call him, I would make sure everything's okay, how everything is going on the ground there. So we looked at it and said, well, instead of just seeing people on the news every day, right, or on blogs or on social media, right, let's understand what their real life is like, right, and offer them that experience. And, you know, something as simple as emotional equity, we always say, you know, if you go on vacation around the world, right, we'll use the example, I just got back from London, actually. And all of a sudden now, that was my first time over there a few months ago, and just feeling connected to it because I was there, right, I know the street names, I know the restaurants, I met with some great organizations over there. And constantly now I'm building a relationship with them. So just through that one experience, if someone brings up London, you know, a lot of bells and whistles go off my head, right? Then I automatically feel personally invested. So from our side, our goal was to instill this emotional equity in students from all regions around the world, right? And start having them really understand and break down those barriers that we see in the news every single day to, you know, hopefully create a better tomorrow than it is today. Yeah, I love this because it kind of reminds me like if if you can't travel, you know, you still have that opportunity, you know, to have that connection like we talked about. And yeah, and you're right. As soon as you've been there, all of a sudden, like you're anything that, um, you know, any podcast that's about that place or any news reels that come through about that, you're watching and and listening and whatever. So you do have a lot more emotional connection, and then that creates like some feeling of uh, I don't know, just that you care about that place. So I love that. Just, you know, before we go on, maybe you should kind of explain like, you know, can you kind of break this down verbally and tell us like, if you were to log on what you would see and what you could find there? I mean, and and how it really works. Absolutely. So Blue is 100% free to teachers and students. So teachers are the first line of communication, really. Teachers are able to register a profile for themselves in their classroom. And we do that simply for safety and security measures, right? We want to keep this a closed circle for education and education only. Once teachers are there, they're able to invite their students to the platform. Students are able to answer their own profile questions that are curated by educators from around the world, about a hundred different questions that relate to different, we call them icebreaker type categories, right? Things like culture, cuisine, family history, environment. Uh, And from there, students are able to answer with text, with images, or with videos. Once students start creating their profiles, teachers are able to view a map of other active classes at the moment. They're able to send the connection request to the other classes they're interested in based on age, language, region, um, and also engagement, right? How engaging and involved they've been within Beluga. And once the other side gets the connection request and accepts it, those teachers are paired up. They have open chat and video communication that's built directly into Beluga. And their students are actually paired on a one-to-one basis. So the really neat part is if Rebecca and Evan were around the world, they now get paired up and Evan can see what Rebecca wrote for culture question one and Rebecca can see what Evan wrote for culture question one, right? So really putting the students on the same playing field right out of the gate. And from there, we have a lot of different educational opportunities from different videos and what we call our series, kind of a version on lesson plans, if you will, that really take into consideration real world learning. And we constantly work with different nonprofits and different organizations and experts to bring the work that they're doing out in the field around the world, bring into the classroom and mold it into proper curriculum, right? So how does that relate back to earth science or to health class or social studies or history? Um, One of the biggest things, and most importantly, from our side with the company is our social impact. Right. So not necessarily just creating these cultural experiences, but also creating humanitarian experiences. And what we did right out of the gate was we realized that students love earning points and badges. Right. Really fun and simple. Teachers love it, too. So we can't knock it too much. But what we saw was how do we encourage students to post really rich, organic answers? Right. So instead of saying I eat pizza for dinner. Right. We want to see what your pizza looks like. Right. We want to see what your family around the dinner table looks like eating the pizza. And how does that differ from state to state or country to country? So we just put a simple point mechanism into play that students can earn points for all their engagement platform wide. Now what happens, these points are aggregated by a classroom and can be donated to different schools and educational projects that we feature within Beluga in something we call impact campaigns, right? So it's basically just schools or educational projects that need a bit of support. Right. It's things like Wi-Fi or soccer balls or clean water and featuring their projects within Beluga where students can now donate their points 
and trigger these rewards for these schools in need. So really just teaching, you know, kind of these uh, humanitarian skills, which I believe, you know, this day and age is, is the most priceless thing that we could offer. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about, uh, that social impact is really important in our day. I think like we want to have those great experiences. Well, and if you get on the website too, um, you know, it says 1800 plus classes communicating between 76 countries. And so there's a lot of opportunity there for a lot of learning. Um, so are there you like individual classes like that they can take, like you said, they're, you know, have, you have lessons put together, but, like, so give us an idea of that, like what you would find in those lessons. Yeah. So our lessons, we kind of, uh, you know, look towards kind of what we'll call it streaming services like Netflix and Hulu, where students and teachers are living right out of the classroom and school setting. So we kind of wanted to build it in a way that's comfortable for them. So working with different partners from around the world, I'll give you guys one great partner that we work with is Big Life Foundation. And what these guys, they're based right on the Kenya-Tanzania border. And they protect over 2 million acres of wildlife land, um, really focused on elephant conservation um, and anti-poaching. And they've been extremely successful in their mission in stopping poachers and actually turning them into park rangers. So that entire story about not only the wildlife down there, but also the human-wildlife conflict with elephants interacting with humans and how does that interrupt daily life and the work that they've been able to achieve and really focusing on the future you know, the 2030 UN Sustainable Development Goal or the UN Development Goals, the uh, SDGs, is really focusing, you know, what we want to bring into the platform, right? So we work with Big Life, for instance, take all their content and then with educators on our side, mold it into different activities and missions for students to complete, not only by themselves, but with partners around the world, right? So how how does that connect now, let's say anti-poaching, to history class, right, or to language, or to science, or social studies. It seems like it's a just a very like organic way of learning, but it is very practical. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it calls. I, I don't know. It just brings in all those senses for kids to understand and learn, especially when they're interacting. And it kind of seems like there's a lot of collaboration between teachers, like which could be a huge helpful tool for them. You know, to be able to find different ways to teach things. Is that also kind of the idea behind it? Yeah, that's definitely it. And, you know, to your first point, we constantly look towards kind of this curiosity-based learning model. Um, We have a great educator on our team, Matt Murray, who leads our educational strategy and really our global growth. And his entire philosophy is always about curiosity-based learning, kind of flipping education on its head a little bit, right? Where instead of the traditional model of teachers saying, well, let's learn about Africa today, or let's learn about, you know, this wildlife park in Kenya, you know, let's take a step back, right? And let's show a video of elephants. And all of a sudden students start to perk up, right? They get really engaged in this. And then from that simple video, how do we take this into different ways, right? Where all of a sudden now we could talk about biology. We could talk about science. We could talk about the history of the region. We could talk about health and nutrition. We could talk about the language spoken there. We could talk about social studies. So everything kind of branches off this one spark of creativity and curiosity, so that's everything that we've kind of, you know, really focused on. And then to your second point, you know, teachers really being able to educate not only their own class, but other classes around the world. And I'll give you a great example. So we have this one school out in, uh, in Asia, in China, and their one teacher is very focused on robotics, right, where there's a lot of schools around the world that really haven't gotten that advanced in this one sector yet. I, I believe it will come, you know, pretty soon that most schools around the world have really stepped their game up with that. But with robotics now, this teacher has the ability to publish all the work that him and his students are doing, right? Not only to kind of post it in a social media type way and say, hey, look at what we're doing, but all of a sudden a school around the world now, a teacher can share it with their classroom or a student can really focus on their own personalized learning and say, hey, well, I'm really interested in this robotics. After my final bell rings, let me log on to Beluga and let me see what this classroom's doing. And let me learn kind of with them in that shape and form. And, you know, we really try to tailor that, especially to under-resourced regions where they might not have, you know, all the opportunities and experiences. And like you mentioned first, travel opportunities as well. And really bridging that into, you know, just kind of the individual device and saying, well, to the students, there's a world of opportunity out there and making Beluga kind of this vehicle to explore 
That's awesome. Like the word I was thinking is application, you know, and I love how you're mixing all the subjects to get back together like they used to be taught. And then we kind of separated them out. And sometimes it makes it hard to understand math without the science there. You know what I mean? Like it's it definitely adds that contextual thing back in. But I kind of want to hear like some challenges that you have along the way as you've been building this. I I mean, I just how do you fund all of the the opportunities to be able to help these schools around the world? I mean, those type of types of things. I mean, what what challenges have you had and what did you learn from those? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you first things first, global education is an absolute beast, right? So yeah, yeah. every single day that forget country to country, right? City to city, it's different. So from our side, you know, we've always leaned on educators, right? When we were first building our team and even taking a step back on that, you know, our team that we've been able to build or been able to build, excuse me, has really been a gift. You know, everyone is passionate about the cause and, you know, really burning that midnight oil throughout the year since we launched back in uh, October 2017 or October 2016, excuse me, but really focused, you know, on understanding the global education spectrum, right? And what we constantly do is we're always speaking with teachers. So when we were first building our team, we thought, well, we really need a lot of teachers, right? To understand what's going on around the world. And then realize that there's no amount of money that we could ever pay people, you know, to really understand what's going on community to community. So we've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by some really fantastic educators, uh, you know, that are really passionate about new technology, and introducing their own students to the world that that really have been able to give us kind of this, uh, you know, on the ground presence, but also give us the proper feedback that we need. I think that's one of the biggest strengths of our team is not only from the tech side, but also just to listen. Right. And I think it's, you know, a common misunderstanding of a lot of different startup companies and being in the startup space for about 11 years now. You know, most companies just hit the ground running. Right. They think, hey, we know what the industry needs. Let's build it and let's get it out there, right? From our side, even when we first started Bluegate, it was always about speaking with teachers. And that's something that our team is constantly doing on a day-to-day basis. Our COO, Jordan, is speaking with teachers literally every single day from around the world and walking them through a webinar of Beluga and the new features and understanding, well, are they getting it? Are they not getting it? How do we make the user experience better? How do we make it easier for their kids? And even when we first started the company, we were really focused on kind of that middle school age demographic. So we'll call it, you know, 11 to 14 years old. And since we've kind of launched, Beluga's kind of had a mind of its own. And teachers, we found for the better. And we thank, you know, every single day for it. But teachers have really started spreading the word on it, right? So right now, we have students as young as six years old uh, and as old as 18 years old in the platform. So the nice part about it is students can search other students. So it's all teacher driven. However, it's the exact same experience from a user side, right? It, the content just tends to be different based on the age range and the communication tends to be different. So from that side, really understanding different age ranges, different cultures, different educational systems around the world. I think that has been you know, really the biggest challenge that we face and really will face even moving forward. But being surrounded by so many fantastic educators has been, uh, you know, a real gift that we're, we're lucky to come across. Yeah, it sounds like they're willing to share what can work and what doesn't work and kind of recreate a better product all the time. You know, that's constantly evolving, you know, and changing to adapt to what they need a little better. Do you ever find it challenging to um, advertise this to teachers? I mean, there's, you know, millions of, of students and thousands of teachers, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of teachers. But I can imagine like the more you get involved, you know, the better it would be the better product it would be too. I and mean, how do you market this to? Yeah, it, it's funny you say that. So my background is actually in the marketing sector with technology and we really haven't marketed yet. It's interesting to say because you know we're, we currently are in 76 countries with over 1800 classes um, that have registered for the platform, but really it's been kind of a teacher to teacher word of mouth. And I think that is the best you know, kind of plan that we could ask for, especially in these early days, right? Is kind of planting these seeds all around the world. And there's no better marketing than a teacher saying, hey, well, I had this great experience on Beluga and sharing it with their coworkers or their personal learning network as well, right? Through Twitter, through Facebook and Google communities too. So I think that has been kind of, you know, one of our big strengths in really getting right out of the gate 
Uh, moving forward, our job is to start empowering and nurturing these teachers, right? So how do we give them the tools to properly showcase what they're doing on Beluga and then share it with teachers in their classroom or in their school, excuse me, and in their district and also provide them with the best experience. So again, you know, from our side, it's really working hand in hand with teachers and finding, you know, what's valuable to them more than anything else, as opposed to just saying, you know, hey, we're another uh, technology company for the educational market. There's kind of white noise in that arena. And I would imagine, I mean, the more excited the teachers are to share it, I mean, you're going to get better quality in there too. You know what I mean? Like, you have that um, people who really love it, like you're like you're saying, they're really excited about your product. Do you feel like um, maybe there are any common struggles that people have in this learning realm? Do you have any situations like that? Yeah, I'll tell you. So it's interesting to see, you know, just the landscape of education. I think uh, right now is a real turning point. You know, those old methods aren't working. I hear constantly from teachers around the world, you know, that they still have to live up to those standardized tests and a, a solid grade at the end of the day. And I use that, uh, you know, that term lightly. But from our side, you know, looking at the world really as a whole and seeing the integration of technology, you know, really in even under resourced areas now, you know, this this is the new movement. So I think for us kind of coming to that common struggle is really just educating, you know, teachers on how this can improve not only your experience as a teacher and, you know, keeping in mind that every minute is so valuable in a classroom, but also how do we make this you know, so impactful for your students, right? And one of the things that we always hear from teachers is really twofold, is how do they properly prepare students for the future, right? Technology is moving so quickly now. How do they know what the job scope is gonna be if they're a high school teacher, but if they're an elementary school teacher, right? They have seven to eight year old students. How do they properly prepare? I think that's one of the biggest things that they're questioning on a day-to-day basis. So instead of going back to the common curriculum, well, let's spark this creativity and curiosity in our kids, right, as opposed to just test scores and understand about real world learning. I think the other aspect of it is collaboration, right? So there's been teachers in the educational system that have done it their way and, you know, really have had success at it. There's no doubt about it, but they've been doing the same thing for years, right? Now, I think we're at a point with technology that really encourages collaboration. It's interesting, too. Our team always discusses it is that really the educational system, you know, K to 12 is the only time in your life when you're really working individually for the most part, right? As professionals, all of us are encouraged to collaborate, right? There's no way we would be successful without that collaboration. So starting to offer this to students on a day-to-day basis and not just collaboration, you know, among their own classmates, but collaboration with like-minded people or different-minded people, right? From all corners of the world is something that could be so valuable. Before we go on, please listen to this message. If you enjoy this content, you can help us with as little or as much as you'd like over at patreon.com backslash the luminous mind. These funds help us to continue to produce illuminating content with needed equipment and resources to spread the message of changing the educational paradigm. We appreciate all the ways our listeners help us continue this effort through patreon.com backslash the luminous mind by expanding exclusive content, giving away gifts, and giving patrons first seen products on patreon.com backslash the luminous mind. Welcome back to The Luminous Mind with Evan Schwartz, who's connecting cultures through web-based learning. I think this is a very innovative way to approach this. I mean, we we talked about this last year on our podcast that like collaboration, relationship building, um, creativity, you know, having some humility that maybe you don't know how, you don't have all the answers. And, and I think dealing with people from around the world creates some humility within us too. And those were all things that we talked about last year that we need to change education more towards that direction instead of 
you know, this, uh, like we said, the testing and individualized, ed- or not individualized, but, you know, just this, this idea like um, you're almost in a competition with people and not collaborating with them. I think you're right on track with, with that message. So I think that's great. How do you feel like this message or this platform could fit with educating oneself as well? You know, we talked about classrooms and teachers and those types of things, but there is a sector of our population that is also, uh, you know, and we're seeing that more and more that kids are kind of pulling away from the traditional schools and, you know, doing kind of a self-driven education. How does that fit with, or how could somebody use it, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Outside I mean, we that work system. With, yeah, we work with a lot of charter schools and really one of our goals for 2018 is that homeschool sector. Uh, but from our side, really focused on personalized learning, right? And even bridging back to the example of the robotics or even the elephants, right? And starting with something so simple as what an elephant eats on a daily basis. And then from a teacher side, understanding how that relates to core curriculum, right? So if a student is interested in elephants, well, let's start publishing different pieces of content and offering that student different experiences, right? Where they're focused on elephants, but it's still hitting those common core needs, right? So it's not really taking away from it. And I think what we've been able to do as well through Beluga is we always are looking to streamline education, right? So if when a child comes in and views that elephant video, right, we give them the opportunity to learn more, right? Where now all of a sudden they could start learning a full series about elephants. They could also donate points that they've earned to different schools in the region, in the Kenya and Tanzania region, to schools that might be in need of support. And all of a sudden start getting connected with students in the region as well, where they're not necessarily just learning about it now, they're hearing it from not necessarily just a kid around the world, but almost their friend now, right? And they understand about what's going on. So, you know, that simple spark and communication can really lead, you know, to that personalized learning for us where, you know, we, we hope to encourage, and it's, you know, it's a big mission to think about, but we really hope to encourage, you know, th- this creativity and curiosity in kids across the world, right? How are we giving them the tools to not only properly prepare them for the future, but learn about the world today, right? To not necessarily just be reliant on what we call, you know, kind of these four buckets, right? And it's interesting to think about is when all of us grew up, there was two buckets of information, right? So one was teachers and parents, and the other one was traditional media, right? Newspapers, television ads, movies, radio even. Now what happens is there's four buckets of information. So there's those two that I just mentioned. Then you have the internet as a whole with blogs, and then you have social media, right? Where all of a sudden everyone has this voice, and what we've seen, I'll give you a quick story, is we're always polling students around the world and, you know, just giving teachers this kind of, a, you know, quick survey just to understand what their students are learning about. And we did this poll with about 200 students right before the new year. We asked them, what do they want to learn about? And overwhelmingly, the top two answers were refugees and war, oh, wow. right? And it absolutely blew my mind. I always thought, you know, and they were young students, 10 and 11 years old. I said, now, when I was 10 and 11, I was focused maybe on uh, hockey and Ninja Turtles, right? So like thinking mm-hmm. that the shift that's happened now just because of the exposure, right? So how do we now give these students the opportunity or these children the opportunity where they're not just going on social media, you know, and hearing from this page or, you know, their family, friends, uncles, cousin who has an opinion, right? How do they actually start bridging into, you know, their own personalized learning and understanding about the world? with the world. I think that's one of our biggest missions that we always focus on is learn about the world with the world. Wow. Kind of gives me chills that kids are that. I mean, we always hear how selfish kids are these days, but I really don't think we're seeing that, (laughs) that, you know, when you're actually interacting with them, that they're actually very selfless and they're definitely interested in what's going around the world. So can you log on as a single person and just be part of Beluga or, or do you have to find a group to be part of? Does that make sense? Yeah, great question. So right now you have to be associated with a classroom. So the teacher is the initiation point on it and then can invite all their students. That is something, though, that we've been bouncing around a little bit, especially on the content side, is how do we start sharing this communication and these series publicly? So that might be something, you know, from a, from a year from now, we'll call it, that we might be having a little bit different conversation on. But at the moment, it's strictly teacher and student based. Okay. Well, and I think it'd be great, too. I mean, 
I know there are tons of communities that are kind of these self-directed communities or, or different things like that. If they had one like person in charge of it or whatever, and then the students could kind of log on in that kind of situation. Cause you can't, this is something like you said that you can, kids can, can log on after school time hours and they can still work on Beluga, right? I mean, it's not, you don't have to have the teacher right there with you. Yeah, exactly. We're actually seeing a really big uptick of students logging on and using the platform after school hours, which gets us really excited. Yeah, because they're you can tell they're they're feeling very passionate about that learning that they're getting there. That's great. So how do you feel like your paradigm has changed over time and with experience? I imagine, you know, as you're starting this to now, it's going to be vastly different. How do you feel like, you know, why have you learned from that? Yeah. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you, our model has shifted quite a bit. So even right out of the gate, you know, our initial goal and myself coming from the marketing sector, basically we set up the platform. There was always kind of that, you know, giving type of aspect in it. But our initial thought process was, well, let's give every teacher around the world the ability to reap rewards, right? And for the amount of points that are earned by their classroom, well, they could redeem them for different items that are needed in the classroom on a day-to-day basis, right? Pencils, pens, notebooks, even up to tablets, Right. So from our side, though, we tested the platform before we launched anything in May 2016. Right? And what we got out of it was everything we could have asked for and more. So we tested it with uh, four different schools from around the world. And three of them were very similar. We called it kind of this control group. The three schools were based in Canada, Sweden and Australia. And we threw a fourth school into the mix, an X Factor, which was a school in Kenya um, in the Kibera region, which is actually uh one of the most under-resourced areas throughout Africa. And there's a fantastic principal down there that has just done amazing work with his school, about 400 students, uh, really with next to nothing, but it is just so passionate about global education and sharing their message with the world and also bring the world into their own community. And we basically said, you know, guys, have at it, right? Here's the platform. I'll be the first to admit it didn't look pretty whatsoever and it barely worked, but it did the job during those early days. And we came back, you know, a few weeks later, asked all the educators, you know, what they liked, what their students' results were, and, you know, how do we get better? I think that's one of the things that we really focused on. And the three controlled group educators came back to us and said, well, our kids are loving this, right? They're connected. They're communicating. However, we don't need things, right? And our initial kind of thought process was, well, teachers can always use more supplies in their classroom. Uh, I don't know necessarily if it was they really didn't need things. Or it was the first time they were, they were really exposed to a region that were really, really under-resourced. And they said, listen, our kids are well-fed. You know, they have clothes on their back. They're connected. What if we could take our points that we've earned and now donate it to this school in Kenya, right? And simply through education and communication, our students can now improve the everyday life of not necessarily strangers anymore, keep in mind, of their friends, right? And that was that aha moment that really shifted everything for us. And even from there, we talk about sustainability a lot, right? And not just giving away things, but how is it making such a big impact in a culture, in a community, or even in just in a single classroom? What we saw was with that experience, that school now in Kenya was able to get tablets from the company, right? So from there, what happened is the school received some tablets, you know, really, really not too expensive uh, of the experience for them or experience for us, excuse me. But we granted them with a few different tablets. They were able to get onto Beluga. They sent us some fantastic images, some fantastic videos. And, you know, this was without us asking or, you know, really pushing anything forward from there. But they wanted to share and connect with the kids that supported them. Right. So all of a sudden they're communicating and they're speaking and learning about the kids, you know, that really previously were just kind of, uh, you know, strangers ultimately. In the school, I should mention, you know, the 400 students before maybe had about one computer, right? So they were taking turns in a generous way, we'll call it, just sharing their experiences and uploading their profile and speaking with other kids. So now we gave them as an entire school an opportunity for really students of all ages at all times, really, to start communicating. The coolest part about it was not necessarily just the continued communication with their friends that supported them. The coolest part was the school in Kenya now earned points and started donating to other projects, oh, wow. right? And that, that was that amazing moment that said, all right, well, things have really shifted, right? We're not so focused. You know, sure, culture is always going to be the biggest focus for us, but the underlying message here is that humanitarian, right? Like 
this child, whether he looks similar to me or different around the world is not so different, right? Then how do we understand that on a daily basis? So I would say that has been the biggest shift in our model. And also just speaking with teachers, what we've realized really quickly is the communication is fantastic, but we need that educational aspect, right? And one of the big things when we first started out, we said, yeah, you know, that content will definitely be there. But now that we've been able to build this foundation, it's all about digital classrooms, right? And I think that's one of the biggest focuses for the company is that underlining communication and social type network, but really at the surface, really starting to focus on building these digital classrooms, regardless of where you are in the world. So you're not so dependent, right, on those 20 students sitting next to you anymore. You have different ideas coming from all different regions. Wow, that is, yeah, that gives me chills. That's pretty amazing. Well, and I love the idea. I mean, you said that you focus on sustainability. I mean, do you take that into consideration um, when, you know, your, when, when your uh, classrooms are earning points and stuff like things that we may need in America may be very different than what they need in Kenya? Does that make sense? Like, um, is, is that an idea behind it too? Like they kind of get to, they get to make the decision of what they need and not you just telling them. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And okay. basically, you know, we, we lean really heavily on the SDGs as well for sustainability, uh, but really trying to focus on, Hey, let's not just give, right. Let's understand why different schools need. And really what we've started to have also actually is classes, uh, teachers and students say, Hey, well, we know this school down the block from us, or we connected with this one school around the world and they need some support. So working with them, how do we identify what is really needed and not just a quick fix, right? How do we realize what's needed and how do we implement that and share their story throughout Beluga uh, to really educate the world? And I think, you know, it's not necessarily just from, you know, an everyday basis, but also in times of hardship, right? One of the big things that we like to focus on too is, you know, there's different experiences and, and, you know, events that happen in our everyday lives, Right. You don't have to be in an under-resourced area. We'll take, for instance, uh, you know, the hurricane that hit Houston this past year, right? Half the schools that we work with were underwater completely. Wow. So featuring wow. them and working with them and trying to understand, you know, what's really needed down there to get everything back in motion and get everyone back on their feet. You know, that's the type of mission and really from a sustainability aspect that we want to focus on through our impact campaigns. Well, I kind of had you, you know, start out telling us how the website and everything worked. But do you feel like there were any points that you missed that you really want our audience to understand? Um, I think we covered a pretty good amount, actually. That's awesome. Okay, great. Well, and it sounds like to me, the feedback that you're receiving about this platform has been so instrumental, I guess, in actually building it. Do you feel like, you know, that you're really living up to that? I mean, it just sounds like it, that you're living up to that mission statement that we outlined, you know, in the in the beginning of the podcast. But, you know, how how do you use that feedback to kind of help this be more successful? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we only launched a little over a year ago and definitely have a ways to go. Uh, but we're definitely in the right direction. You know, I think, uh, you know, speaking with those teachers on a day to day and understanding what's needed. And I think one of the biggest aspects that we really tried to focus on is how valuable time is in the classroom. Right. So having teachers be able to squeeze these activities in and, you know, still from their district and, you know, from the state and country level, you know, still needing to hit a certain standard of education. And, you know, unfortunately, I'll say that in my sense, you know, some people might like it, some might not, but really having to hit, you know, a number grade, right, or, or a letter grade at the end of the day, where they're now trying to integrate these alternate models of technology. And there's some fantastic technology companies out there that are really, you know, pushing the envelope. So our goal is, is to really go in that realm. And I find, you know, there's a lot of people that are really trying to bang on this door of global education. And the noise is getting louder by the day, right? So really understanding about how do we take into consideration the valuable time that students have and teachers have in a classroom, I think is one of our biggest goals and ensuring that they get a proper connection and they get a proper collaboration that really aligns with their goals. Well, and I think like we talked about before, this is really integrated learning that that's going to be learning that's going to stick. And I think that you're going to see that in test results. I mean, you know, of, of what's important for kind of the traditional schools of getting that letter grade at the end. I mean, have you seen seen any success in that where kids are actually performing better because of this integrated kind of learning with uh, Beluga? Yeah, absolutely. So we work really, really closely with the country of Macedonia. 
actually. And what we started to implement there, and we work at the university and government level too with a few different organizations, uh, but really starting to implement this on the ground. And we have some fantastic team members over there, Nicholas and Kiro, who have started to really identify and analyze and group this data of students' experience beforehand and then after using Beluga. And we've seen, you know, the results have been pretty shocking. That's actually a, a case study our team is working on right now that should be published by uh, the time Q2 rolls around. Wow, that's neat. I I think it would be a huge benefit. I mean, I, I know um, we're, my family and I are big uh, believers in traveling to be able to to help our learning. And and I just see this as another outlet for that, that maybe not everyone can do that, but you give that opportunity to every person, especially for free. That's awesome. So I want to hear, and we've, we've, I've got a zillion other questions, but we're <laughs> running short on time, but I kind of want to hear like what you're seeing in the future, you know, how you've, how you feel like, you know, you're going to take this feedback that you're getting from teachers and, and use it in the future. I mean, what are your goals in the future? Yeah, I mean, our goal, our biggest goal with Beluga is to create the vehicle for education, right? It, I think it's a ridiculous statement for anyone to come out and say they're going to tackle education, especially on a global level. But for us, we want to be that vehicle where a teacher and student can come to and understand, hey, I'm curious about something in the world. How does it relate to my classroom? And how could I implement this on a day-to-day basis? So I think that being that vehicle is going to be our biggest goal. And, you know, we definitely don't accomplish it by ourselves. We have a lot of different partners uh, from the nonprofit sector to the private industry sector to just different experts and influencers as well that we want to focus their mission. So my mentality with Blue is to just kind of take a back seat a little bit and push these incredible experiences forward in the platform and give them kind of the, you know, the noise and recognition that they deserve. I'll give you a quick story too. Like I was in London, uh, like I mentioned a few months ago, and I met, I had a time to visit this one school, this one amazing headmaster over there. Uh, initially came from Wales and took a project in London with a school that you know, really severe ed- severe behavioral issues with a lot of the students. And I went into the school you know, thinking it would be completely different. And once I walked through those doors, you would think you're in a private academy. right? And all of a sudden, there's 3D printers and it's colorful and every kid's, you know, they're, they're working together. And, you know, it's just like this amazing dynamic. So from our side, we looked at it and said, well, this guy's been able to do an amazing job in a really small region right outside of London. How do we take that mission and share it with the world, right? Where every single teacher can use some sort of aspect of his educational system in their own methodology, right? So using Beluga as kind of this, this platform to share these experiences and learning mechanisms, I think is going to be our team's biggest goal. Yeah. Like I said, collaboration between teachers. I mean, we, you might help spark that creativity that maybe, um, a teacher needs in order to be more successful at their, at their, um, profession. And then also with each individual student, you're providing such an individualized learning. I think it's so neat. Do you want to maybe call out maybe some of the, I mean, I can just imagine the contributors that you have for this are very special, unique people that they care enough about education to actually help. I mean, do you want to name anybody that might, I mean, I know that's kind of off the cuff question, but. Yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, from our organizational side, there's been some amazing organizations that we partnered with. And I mean, Big Life has been one of the fantastic ones that we partnered with. There's a lot of other nonprofits and organizations that we work with as well. Uh, Hippo Works is a fantastic organization focused on climate change uh, out of Los Angeles. There's a few up in Toronto that we work with. Nudge, which is a great artificial intelligence company. Um, Awe Academy, which is really pushing the envelope on education as well. We work with a few in the states, um, really focused on just climate change and solar power as well. There's a fantastic company here in Brooklyn uh, called Empowered that we work with really closely too. But you know, more than anything, we're starting to bridge into those those private sectors as well. I mean, the nonprofit sectors. Excuse me. Uh, We've been having some fantastic conversations with a lot of different universities, um, some UN kind of uh, arms as well. Uh, but really, you know, it all relates back to the teachers. And there's a few teachers that we've been extremely, you know, fortunate to come across. And, and all of them know who they are. I don't have to name names because it wouldn't even be fair. Uh, but there's some fantastic ones here in the States and then overseas as well um, that have really been, you know, instrumental in our growth. 
Wow, that's awesome. Well, like I said before, I've probably created more questions for our listeners than anything. But maybe before we say goodbye, do you have any final parting words for our listeners? And then give us your contact information so that if our listeners do have questions that they can contact you and get those answers. Yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, the biggest thing and, you know, kind of our, our team slogan is put yourself in a position to succeed, right? That's something that we always bounce around on our side and, you know, not necessarily always relates to the professional aspect, but the personal aspect as well, right? So we constantly live in this day and age, you know, where everything's projected on social media. So from our side, put yourself in a position to succeed, right? Surround yourself with the people that are going to make you get there, you know, avoid those obstacles and those barriers that are going to take away from that. So I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, for the listener side and even from our team side is we're always looking to get better and always looking kind of, uh, you know, just to assess ourselves a little bit. I think that's one of the biggest things and be as critical as possible of our everyday life. So taking a step back, I think is, uh, you know, one of the things that has kept us really moving so quickly in our growth, but also, you know, really focused on that, that personal aspect of life too. So even succeeding, you know, and spending more time with family or traveling, you know, or picking up a new hobby, you know, it's understanding how do I get there and taking that journey and, you know, that that's really goes into, uh, you know, this whole entrepreneurship and startup type of bubble as well is, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that definitely goes along with it. But, you know, from our side, you know, wouldn't trade it for the world. That's great. And, and I love that. I mean, I think it, we almost ended the way that we started with the whole experiences with the Gen Y, Gen Z demographic. I think they're definitely at a different place where they succeed, they see success, not just as monetary efforts or how much stuff they have, but definitely those experiences and the quality of their relationships and those things. Um, I think we're seeing a great shift in that in our world, you know, of where we're headed. And I think you guys do such a fantastic job of helping to spearhead that. But how do you, um, I mean, what contact information do you have that maybe our listeners can get in touch with you? Yeah, I would say Twitter is probably the best way to reach me personally. My Twitter is at Evan Schwartz. Um, our company Twitter is at Beluga underscore. And our Beluga Facebook is Beluga World. Those are probably the best ways. I'll tell you, our phone from our team is constantly attached to our hip 24-7. So pretty <laughs> response rate. Like, uh, you know, I find most of the industry these days. But yeah, that would be fantastic. And, you know, I would love to speak with any of the audience and you know, always open to different collaboration opportunities as well. That's great. Well, and I would love to try to set up some organizations like that of maybe more independent schools or whatever. Um, I'm definitely part of a leadership academy that I think could, you know, benefit. Uh, we have, what, 160 families of, and that's families. I'm not sure exactly how many students that is, but definitely, you know, try to see some of those too, that um, you're we're enlarging this world and making a better place. Again, we've been talking with um, Evan Schwartz. He is the CEO and founder of Beluga. Uh, you can find him at Evan Schwartz or Beluga.org. Um, I'm going to be sure to link all that information that we've discussed today, you know, all the other contact information we've discussed today on our website as well. But thank you so much, Evan, for coming on and joining us and really helping to light our minds on fire on this different platform of learning. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Rebecca, thanks a lot for the time. And you know, I love everything that you guys are doing. So Thanks again for having us, and uh, hopefully uh, we could share the, uh, the knowledge with your audience on a day-to-day basis moving forward. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Evan Schwartz, go to our show notes at theluminousmind.net. Be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list and help us continue production of illuminating content by sponsoring us at patreon.com backslash theluminousmind to get exclusive content. Subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, and now Instagram. To help us grow, consider these easy ways. Tell your friends about us, leave us a review, share our content, tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education 